Welcome to Power Yourself, where we discuss the most important topic in the world, you. And welcome everyone to another episode of Power Yourself. My name's Carl and with me as always is Jillian. How are you today? I'm doing great. And yourself, Carl? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. I'm excited about today's episode because we're talking about something that I think people know a little bit about, but it'll be interesting when we drill down on these topics in a bit more detail. And what we're talking about today is gratitude. Gratitude. So of course, when we talk about gratitude, we're, we're thinking about, well, that's, you know, showing appreciation or it's being thankful, but we're really going to drill down on these concepts today. So let me start off, Jillian, by asking you, what is gratitude? So gratitude, I would feel, first of all, it's a foundational tool. And I feel that it's something that we could actually do, like a simple adjustment we can do in our life that has such a dramatic impact. I truly believe that. I feel gratitude, for me, it's one of the biggest things. And it allows me to to be positive and, and happy and grateful. And I feel, for me, that's probably one of my biggest um, my biggest foundational tools and it's probably the one I would recommend the most to give you a definition I would say it's about appreciating what you have being being happy and really allowing yourself to to feel that gratitude that that appreciation for where you are in the moment and kind of allow it allow yourself the time to to sit in it and feel those positive emotions. So what I hear you describing <laughs> is that you, it's a conscious choice that we can make when we're in the moment, that it's a lot like a muscle. We can work that muscle, we can exercise that muscle, and then we can get better at it over time. So I'm guessing that there's some positive traits that positive people share, and one of those is a sense of gratitude. And I think that's exactly it, Carl. Like, how often do we make goals for ourselves and we achieve those goals but how many people guys and i'm asking you this how many times have you accomplished one of your goals and you actually didn't celebrate it when you've achieved it you just moved on to what's next why ain't we allowing ourselves the time to appreciate an accomplishment and to sit with it and reflect on it and allow ourselves to have those positive feelings. Wouldn't you rather hang around with somebody who's allowing themselves to really feel that and appreciate what they've accomplished versus somebody who's always looking for what's next? So let me ask you a question I think that a lot of listeners may have just right out of the gates here. Somebody might be listening and they might say, well, you know what, if I'm just happy with what I have, if I'm just content with a hot meal or watching TV in the evening, won't I just get stuck and never try to do anything more? How do how do you dif how do you differentiate someone being grateful with someone being maybe lazy? Yeah, or complacent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's a great question, Carl. And I think uh, the only way that you don't become that complacent kind of a non-achieving person is it's up to you. It's up to you as an individual to decide that balance, to work on it. And it doesn't come 
super easy. And it, the first time you practice gratitude, you're not going to have it all figured out. It's a balance that you will work on. But it's about allowing yourself to kind of feel happy and appreciate those accomplishments. But then also looking at the next set of goals and what you want to do. But what I'm saying is before you look for those next set of goals, just allow yourself some time to sit with it and kind of enjoy the place that you've just allowed yourself and motivated yourself to get there. And I feel if you allow that kind of rejoicing or energizing time, then it becomes automatic to, first of all, you're you're positively reinforcing yourself to go to the next thing because you want to enjoy those feelings again. So I think if you find that right balance of sitting with it and living with it, then you will naturally want to achieve more. And I think too, to your point, I think that being grateful and being motivated, they're not necessarily mutually exclusive. So you can be grateful at the end of a day, maybe you've worked really hard and at the end of the day you're grateful for what you have but you can also be sufficiently motivated to continue on that being grateful isn't necessarily the absence of motivation you can have the two of them t inside in, in tandem with each other well I think you're actually hitting on something that's uh, pretty big and as opposed to having them separated you can actually use that motivation like if you're coming from a place of gratitude you're going to notice that that motivation is positive Okay, you're you're wanting to feel that kind of happiness feeling inside you versus when you're coming from a place of need. It's necessity. You're trying to fill something. So there's two types of motivation here. And I feel the one that is based with gratitude is a more positive warmth kind of motivation versus the place of coming from need is you're almost being sometimes mean to yourself because you, you need to achieve it to feel a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, it's interesting, the whole concept of being grateful for something. I wonder how much of it is hardwired. And it's not to sound defeatist, but it's just it's a challenge that maybe we need to overcome because we are biological animals. It's interesting, like I'm just thinking back to like maybe, you know, caveman times, you know, prehistoric times. And if your whole job is collecting food and water for the day, you're not going to necessarily sit around as a caveman and celebrate the fact that you've got a bucket full of food. You're going to continue to look more for more food. And so if you're looking for food for 100 people and you find food for 98 of those people, your, so your focus now becomes the remaining two people. So it's interesting just that we've maybe carried some of that into modern day where we have a chores list to do and we need to get 30 items done today. We only get 28 done. And what do we do? We beat ourselves up with the two things we didn't get finished. So it's interesting. It's not, it's not to say that we can't overcome it, but it's just something we could maybe be aware of and maybe be a little bit forgiving of ourselves and say, hey, you know what? I'm hardwired this way as a human being, but it's okay. I'm aware of it. I can overcome it. But I think you bring up like the whole point of a caveman. If you look at what they wanted to achieve, Carl, it was their basic needs. So it was food, you know, safety, stuff like that. Versus now you're looking at our society that there's way more needs than we ever believed was possible. So that caveman necessity versus today's what some people would say necessity is so dramatically larger and 
almost impossible to achieve on a daily basis. So I, I feel in a way society is, we're allowing society to set us up to fail a little. Yeah, it's interesting. So it's not to say that we can't overcome it, but it's just things to be aware of as we proceed with our daily lives. Well, let's switch gears here and talk about things that we can do. So Jillian, I want to talk about your personal life a little bit. What do you do during the day? What do you do on a daily basis or a weekly basis to stay grateful? Um, and, and the one thing that comes to my mind, and I'll just, I'll kind of jump in right away here, is I, I remember, you know, we, we would be at work or we'd be out doing something. And if there's ever a mistake that's made, you seem to have a really good attitude about it. You seem to be almost grateful for it. Like you're, you're very appreciative if something goes wrong because, and you've said this, that it's a learning opportunity, that it's basically we're in a safe place if we're maybe in a classroom or we're at work or wherever it is, that it's not the end of the world. We can learn from it. And so isn't this interesting? Aren't we grateful that we've had this opportunity? And I just find that it, it, it's an interesting perspective because I'm pretty sure it's one that many people don't have. And so that's just one of many examples that I'm hoping you can tell us here today about what you do personally in your life to stay grateful. To stay grateful, I definitely believe it's a huge cocktail <laughs> of different things. And not every day you practice the exact same thing. Uh, it is definitely one of the main things I focus on in life. And I would say, like I, like I mentioned, it's a foundational tool for me. So I always practice looking at what I am appreciative of. So whether that's at the beginning of the day before I start my day, or whether it's at the end of the day before I go to sleep, I really play that list over and over in my head. I know when I was first starting, I found that hard. I found it was just more of thoughts and I didn't really allow myself to feel those positive thoughts. So when I first started out, I used to do a journal. So my journal would be literally listing the stuff that I am happy for and grateful for. And, and, and what's the benefit of, of doing a journal? If somebody's sitting there thinking, well, geez, am I going to go back and read this again? Am I going to show it to other people? When you write something down on a piece of paper in a book and you file it away somewhere, what's the benefit to you mentally when that happens? Well, you're allowing yourself to release that emotion. So by writing it down on a piece of paper, you're living that feeling. You're allowing it to come up versus just think, Carol. So if you were out, let's say we're at work, okay, and you're just about to teach a class and you talk about the things you're happy about versus before you're teaching a class, thinking of all the things you have to accomplish in that day. Give me the outcomes of both of those two classes. Yeah, I think that if you write down all of the uh, outcomes and all of the goals, um, that definitely would raise my anxiety a little bit. Um, if I write about all the things that I'm thankful for, I think it would lead me into the realm of being more confident and coming from a place of surplus where I'm saying, you know what, I know who I am, I know what I'm grateful for, and I can go in with some authority into the class rather than a place of want. And Carl, so you just answered it. That's exactly why you do it. It allows you to kind of give that space in your head to positivity versus coming from a place of need or want. Yeah, and there's definitely some benefit, I think, from a writing perspective, and I can speak a little bit about that as a guy who's been writing for 25-odd years. There's a certain magic that happens when you have a thought in your head and you put it down either on a word processor or on a typewriter or on a piece of paper with a pen that it becomes real. It now exists in the real world. And there's a certain magic, I think, that happens mentally when that, when that happens. And a great point leading off of that is how many positive thoughts might you have had but when you actually physically write them down, 
you're almost allowing more space for it. Like you said, it's becoming more real. So you're allowing yourself to really genuinely focus on that area versus it being a fleeting thought. So how much time during the day would you dedicate to this for somebody maybe starting out? Would you suggest five, ten minutes at the end of the day with a journal? Not that we have to have a strict timeline, but this you're not talking about hours here. You're talking about taking a few minutes at the end of the day, sitting down in a nice quiet place and reflecting. Yeah, for somebody starting out, I'd highly recommend that kind of when you wake up or just before you go to bed or if you want to really get there faster, I'd do both. But it's exactly it, Carol. It's five minutes. It's That's it. You're just allowing yourself to allow those positive thoughts to really occupy that space in your head. But the next thing that I'd recommend is how many positive thoughts do you have that you don't tell other people about? Okay, so that could be First of all, it could just be about yourself. So positive ways you you feel or things that you've accomplished and you kind of want to celebrate a little. Or it could be maybe somebody was extra nice to you or they did something that really meant a lot to you. Why not say that? And by taking the time to say those words, first of all, it's allowing yourself to feel good because once again, you're you're kind of saying that positivity out loud, allowing yourself to live in it. But then you're also bringing somebody else into it. You're allowing them to feel appreciative or allowing them to feel a little bit more positive. And what you're describing here with connecting with someone else and thanking them or explaining to them how grateful you are. I imagine there's some people listening who think, boy, that's a little bit of a risk. You know, I'm going to open myself up emotionally or I'm going to open myself up maybe to potential ridicule. I may not get the response back that I'm looking for from that other person. And I think we've all experienced that. You know, we'll say thank you to maybe to a stranger and we don't get quite back the response that we were looking for. And uh, I'm guessing your response to that is it's not really about them. It's about (laughs) you. And so regardless of their response, it's about the act of telling them not necessarily the receipt back you know we've been friends for too long when you know exactly how i will answer that conversation and that's exactly it it's not about them it's about you it's about you having the confidence to be able to spread that positivity carl my god i could think about the people who roll their eyes at me or who think oh my god she's so cheesy positive but it's not about them if they want to bask in it they can that opportunity is there But for me, it's about spreading it and living in it. And that gives a huge benefit to me. Speaking a little bit about positive people, and I don't want to switch gears too far off course here. What would you recommend for people that maybe they're looking and taking a quick inventory of their life and they've got family members and friends who maybe aren't very grateful in their life. Maybe they're kind of negative. And so I'm sitting here looking at my friends and my family and I'm going, man, there's a couple people that whenever I hang out with them, boy, they're negative. Is there anything that you can do about them or do you just focus solely on yourself? What do you recommend for somebody who maybe is thinking about that? Well, I think we all think about that because everybody in their life, we all have some people that are probably not in a great space of mind or maybe just would rather play a negative record. And that's their choice. And that's the kind of thing we have to walk away with is it's a choice and it's not yours to make for somebody else. So when I come up against those people or people who are in that negative space, for me, it's about showing them, showing them what I do. And if they take that, that's great. And if they don't, that's not mine to own. 
Yeah, it's funny, you know, with my friend, my close circle of friends, if we go out to dinner or if we're hanging out at the house or whatever, I, I will often mention about what I'm grateful for. And it's funny because my real friends will often nod and agree and they'll share their stories as well. But then uh, occasionally you might have like the new girlfriends in the mix or a friend of a friend is there as well. And it, you can kind of see the look on their face like, wow, this is weird. I'm not used to this. So it's strange when you're with relative strangers, but it can be very comforting when you're with really good friends and you're sitting around and having a drink or two and being grateful. And those friends, you've built a culture over time because what you've said, you've shared this over time and people know this and reciprocate it. It becomes a new norm. So maybe if you've got friends in your life that are negative, maybe you start sharing the positivity, maybe you start sharing the gratitude. And over time, they can make a choice to say, hey, I'd like to also live in this new paradigm that you're proposing and therefore I will move over into your world rather than sliding into theirs. That's exactly it. Show them what you're doing and how you're doing it and it's their choice to jump on the train or not. I know sometimes at dinner you hear sometimes families will, you know, especially at Thanksgiving, they'll go around the table and they'll say what they're thankful for. Same thing at Christmas or New Year's. I love it. Yeah, I and love that, that practice. And that might be something you might want to do just every night. Mm-hmm. You might just want to say, look, every day we're going to say one thing we're going to be grateful for. I've heard some parents will say they make their kids, um, it's kind of like forced, you know, it sounds like forced labor camp. They make their kids be gra- grateful. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's a nice life lesson to teach their kids is, you know, every day write on a piece of paper what you're grateful for and put it on the fridge. And then, you know, it's there, you're, you're setting up a really good work ethic in these kids to make time, make energy, make space for this. And it is going to be foreign for the first while. It's going to be awkward. <laughs> Could you imagine the person bringing it up to their friends the first time ever? Guys, it's going to be awkward. Sit in that, though. You're changing the culture. Like, that takes work. And it's not going to be smooth every day. But the more you practice it, you'll find the least resistance that you come up against. So you will create that positive environment. But that's up to you as an individual. Well, and that really strikes a chord with me, the way you say that it's a choice. That really, you know, if we drill down on every piece of your life, when you get up in the morning, you go to work, you go get groceries, every interaction you have throughout the day you're owning your piece of that interaction. You're owning your piece of those actions. So really everything during the day really comes down to a choice. That if somebody is, it, it, there, there's very little in our lives that we're actually forced to do. Of course, we have obligations and there are consequences to our actions. But to your point, really everything comes down to an attitude and comes down to a choice. Oh, 100%. So it's, and you're right. Sometimes we do have those obligations. Or guys, I don't you know, spoiler alert, I don't want to get up and go to work every morning. But sometimes you push and you do it. But it's my choice in what attitude I want to bring to work. If I go to work being like, oh, I don't want to be here. Oh, my God, I just want to go home. Versus, oh, well, I can accomplish this. Or I get to interact with my some of my friends today. Or I get to achieve building a course today. Like, it's the frame of mind. That's why I always go back to it's your decision to which record you want to play in your head. Do you want to play the, I want to be here and I'm going to make the best out of this record? Or do you want to play the, I'm going to kick and scream the whole way? It's, it's a hundred percent our choice. And I like to kind of reiterate how much this is our choice of kind of how we want to feel because we are forced in life to do a whole bunch of things we don't want to or obligations or work or sometimes family stuff but 
we have the choice to how we want, how we act and what dialogue we play in our head. So sometimes it can feel so overwhelming because we don't get to make up our own mind or we don't get to decide what we want to do. But in reality, we get to decide the most important part. And that's how we interact or how we decide to carry on a conversation that day. That's all our choice. And I love how you talk about choice. It leads us into kind of the next positive thing that we can do throughout the day. And it's, it's one that I'd like to recommend. Uh, it's something that I use in my life. And it's trying consciously, making a conscious choice to expand my horizons, to learn something new, to try to look at somebody else's point of view. So it's funny how we were talking about work. We might complain about work, but nothing resets our barometer about our appreciation of work like talking to someone who's unemployed. Or nothing resets our barometer for our tolerance for family. Maybe we're complaining about, oh my goodness, parents or a spouse or whatever. Then you talk to someone who's, lo who's lost someone in their life. You go, oh my goodness. So, you know, there's an old saying, you know, work makes you crazy, but then if you lose your job, you know, nothing makes you sane quite like a job, you know. So work makes you crazy, work makes you sane. So one of the things that I try to do is I'll purposely try to record and watch documentaries about other parts of the world people who are experiencing other things. And I'll think, wow, I am lucky that I didn't have to go through that. Now it's not, I don't want to make it sound like it's forced flagellation. I'm not sitting here, you know, mentally whipping myself saying, okay, I'm going to watch poverty documentaries so that I can feel rich. But I think there's some truth to us looking at people who are in another part of the world or have had gone through another experience so that we can be grateful that, that we maybe didn't have to go through that or that we've had our own struggles that are different. So it's just it's just something that maybe you can take away from the podcast today to any of our listeners. It's an easy thing you can do to simply record a documentary, watch a talk show, talk to a friend, phone up somebody you haven't talked to in a while, get their point of view on something else and seek to understand. And then you can be grateful. You say, man, I'm glad that wasn't me. I'm glad I don't live in that situation. It's a great one. Uh, another tool that I kind of like is... Some days it's easier to be grateful versus some days it's not so easy. So on the days you are feeling grateful, fill up a jar. Like So when you're feeling a positive feeling, write it down. So as opposed to a journal, just write it on a sheet of paper. Put it in a jar. And then you can have all these positive feelings or situations going into the jar. And then days you don't feel so great, because that's real life. Take from the jar. Read one of those positive things. And hopefully that will allow you to another way to reset and kind of come from that place of gratitude versus scarcity. Yeah, it's funny. What I hear you describing is in a sense we're being our own best friend. We're being our own cheerleader. And I know from people that I've experienced in my life, either at work or family life or just out and about with friends, sometimes people will butt up against the concept of, the right fighter. They, they say things like, well, I shouldn't have to do that. I shouldn't have to be always be thanking people. I shouldn't have to always ask for what I want. And so we're not talking necessarily about the injustice of it. We're just simply mentioning that this is a tool you can use to make yourself happy. So if that's your goal, we're not really so much discussing the rightness of it. I butt up against that quite a bit where people will say, well, you're describing that I should have to be my own cheerleader. I shouldn't have to be my own cheerleader. My spouse should cheer me on or my mother should cheer me on. And it's like, well, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But wow. you have control to be your own best friend. 
and guys, this is why we're having these conversations is because I truly believe that there's people out there that feel that somebody else's job is to make them happy. I truly, and I was that person. I know I was, I know I was in younger years that other people, they were like, it's their actions that made me happy. But until we realize we're driving the bus guys, <laughs> when we're in 95 reflecting, it all comes down to us. It all comes down to what record you played in your head, what feelings you allowed yourself to really make the dominant feeling. It all comes down to us deciding on how we take on life. So really, it's nobody else's job. It's your partner's or your family's job to be a safe place. Absolutely, that's your ideal situation. But it is you. And only you's job to motivate yourself and to be your biggest cheerleader. I love it that you said you're, you need to be your biggest fan almost and the, the kind of cheerleader on the side encouraging yourself because you have the most investment in this. You're with yourself every second of the day. So if you can't do that for yourself, how would you ever expect somebody else to be able to do that for you. So what I hear you describing is you can be in two camps when you go through your life. You can be in an active camp where you're going to take an active role in pursuing your happiness, asking for what you want, being grateful, working and spending the time and the energy to forge relationships with yourself and with others. Or you could be in the passive camp. And the passive camp is somebody who maybe sits back and says, hey, I'm waiting for life to hand me an opportunity. I'm waiting for that magical someone to come by and rescue me. And what you're describing is, you know what? We have a choice of which camp we can sit in. Oh, 100%. And I believe you need to make that choice to be happy. Absolutely. Well, I want to run through uh, an additional resource. And if you guys have access to the internet and you guys want to ever, you know, maybe you're sitting in the doctor's office and you have 20 minutes to kill and you want to open up the Google and, and check it out, there's something called Maslow's Pyramid. And so Maslow, M-A-S-L-O-W, Maslow's Pyramid. And what it is is it's five vertical uh, steps that make up a pyramid. And the base of the pyramid is what we call f physiological needs. And so you can be grateful on a day-to-day -day basis for your physiological needs. So these are physical requirements for human survival, things like air, water, food, the basics that, you know, a caveman would need to survive. And so like Jillian, you're grateful for these things. You actually make an effort during the day, maybe not every day, all day, but you do, you, I, I know you do, you, you'll sit down and you, you know, we went hiking, for example, uh, d this past summer. And I can remember, you know, you're standing near the top of the mountain and you took a big breath and you said, wow, you know, beautiful air, love the scenery. You're grateful for your physical surroundings. Yeah. You take the time to appreciate where you are, both physically and kind of spiritually. And then the next little um, tier on the pyramid is safety. And so safety is the absence of harm, such as war, crime, bullying, and abuse. And, and I can say from experience, you know, if you ever go through any of those things, when you come out the other side, you are very grateful that you don't have to go through it again. So I'm sure almost everyone can relate to that. Maybe we were bullied in high school. Maybe we've suffered some sort of abuse. Maybe we were the victim of a crime at some point. And so, you know, going to bed at night, if those things are not happening to you, it's a 
it's a pretty easy win to say, you know what, I can look around, I'm in a safe spot, and therefore I'm grateful for this. And as you're going through them, it's really, really hard. And I feel if you can find anything to be grateful for, it will help you get through those tough periods because everybody has them, guys. You're not alone. Everybody suffers through their own loss or, like you said, bullying or maybe not feeling safe. So it's about trying to find something positive in your life to put that focus on too. Absolutely. And then the next tier up, the third tier in the pyramid is what we call love or belonging. And this is a pretty simple one, but a really important one. When we have our physiological needs met and our safety needs met, the next thing that we tend to strive for as humans is love and belonging. And this is friendship. This is intimacy. This is family. So I know this is something that really speaks to a lot of our listeners that, you know, you spend your life, you could be in a room full of people, but you might feel alone. Or there are some people that live alone and they're quite content because they're their own best friend. They have a full, rich life. So we're not talking about necessarily quantity, but we're talking about quality of friendship, intimacy, and family. For me, everything that you've said so far, Carl, it's a choice. Like with regards to what record you're playing in your head. So all of these needs, everything you come across, it's what conversation are you having with yourself? Are you saying oh, I've got my basic need, but I need this to feel happy, you know, versus, oh, no, I, I had enough to eat today. And that's a wonderful thing. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, just talk to someone who hasn't. Exactly. That's a great point. As we move up to the fourth tier in the pyramid, we talk about esteem. So these needs are things like self-esteem, respect from others. So you could be pursuing something professionally, pursuing some esteem personally. So lack of this can often lead to depression. So this is a really important, although, you know, we're not talking about things like war and crime and having a house over your head. We're talking more about internally our emotions and our feelings. And we're really moving from the physical and the mental more into the emotional and the spiritual at this point along in the, in the pyramid. How do, you, uh, how do you keep yourself grateful here for things like respect from others, esteem? Is, are these things that you push yourself for like I know for example you know you might go to school and take a course you might try to push yourself professionally you're grateful for those opportunities oh 100% I feel anything like I choose any course I choose to take or any extra learning I choose to take on I'm growing as a person and I think that's always a beneficial tool it always gives you that sense of accomplishment and it, it doesn't have to be such a big thing as a course or something it could be watching a TED talk or watching some kind of documentary to educate yourself like it can be anything as big or as small as you want it to be absolutely and then the pinnacle of the pyramid so when you have all those other needs met the pinnacle of the pyramid leaves us to self-actualization now many people work their whole lives to get to the top of the pyramid and fail to do so but when you reach the top of the pyramid self-actualization this level refers to what a person's full potential is and the realization of that potential so maslow in his teachings he describes this level as the desire to accomplish everything that one can and to become the most that one can be what a beautiful thing to aspire to absolutely so now Jillian we've talked about what gratitude is we've talked about different things we can do on a daily basis let's spend a little bit of time talking about the benefits of gratitude someone might be listening to this and they might say okay you've told me what to do but I'm not seeing it I'm not feeling it what can we expect to have happen 
when we implement the things or at least some of the things that you've mentioned in this podcast? Well, I definitely feel that it will allow you coming from a place of gratitude allows you to be a more positive person. Uh, maybe that means actually being more optimistic. Maybe that allows you to, to go into that realm. Or maybe it just allows you to be better company to those around you. If you're coming from a place of gratitude and, and being grateful for kind of all the things that you have in your life, people are drawn to that. People are drawn to that kind of positive vibe um, that you put out there. I also believe it allows you to be a better friend and companion. I believe it allows people to to feel good when they're around you. So not only are you allowing yourself to feel good by playing that gratitude record in your head, you're also allowing others to benefit who are around you to really kind of sit with that positivity and that place of acceptance and gratitude. So there's people out there that have different learning styles and there's people out there with different motivations. And what I hear you saying is that some people might think, you know what, it's really important to me that I be the best version of myself for myself. And there's other people that might say, you know what, I want, I need to be the best version of myself for other people in my life. And both are fine. In fact, hopefully both will apply. Um, so it's interesting to hear you say that, that some people may think, you know what, I really want to do this not only for myself, but for other people around me. Yeah, I think it's our way to kind of give back to society. If we're so down on how the world is nowadays, okay, well, here you go, guys. Here's something you can do. Practice gratitude with yourself and also with those people around you. And then that, even a little bit, is impacting the world because you're allowing people to kind of spread that gratitude versus that negative energy. I also believe it improves our mental health and our physical health to allow us to not kind of play that that worry card or that I, I need to achieve card. It allows us to kind of take a weight off our shoulders and really appreciate it. To be honest, for me, I know it allows me to actually breathe when I'm coming from a place of gratitude or when I'm allowing myself to really go through the things I'm grateful for. You're you're almost stopping those toxic and negative feelings from happening. You're allowing that dominant card to be so repetitive and take up so much space that you don't actually have a lot of space left for those negative feelings. So you can build up some resiliency in your life, almost like you put a filter on and whatever information comes your way, you can filter it through the gratitude filter. And you can say, you know what? Yes, this is a setback or yes, this is a challenge. However, rather than immediately go to a negative place, I can apply this grateful filter on it. I can apply a gratitude filter on it, and it may help steer my actions in a slightly more positive direction. Yeah, and that can actually motivate you to actually get through that experience if it's not so pleasant. It's a way to yeah. kind of help ourselves through. Yeah, that's a really good one. Uh, I think, too, you know, from a purely selfish standpoint, I really feel like being grateful it really helps us just have more positive feelings in our life. Um, so I know you'd mentioned about it, you know, helping us be a, the best version of ourselves for ourselves and others. But I think there's also some benefit to just truly sitting down on a Friday after work, 
and maybe you have a coffee and you're watching a TV show and you go, you know what, I'm really grateful that I have a house and a job and maybe a little bit of money in the bank and some friends. And you can just literally just feel good. Just in that in and of itself might be reason enough for someone out there to attempt this. When you really focus on what you're grateful for, when somebody's trying to maybe achieve one of the things that you have, I feel it really allows you to be that genuine kind of empathetic person to surround them and help coach them of reasons why they want to achieve it, to help positively um, motivate them, I guess. And also less, ag- less anger, you know, like as opposed to getting mad at somebody who hasn't achieved this or maybe who is super negative. Guys, we've all been there. We've all been crippled with negativity in our life. I have no doubt. It's, it's reality. It's life. Sometimes we go through those periods. So maybe by coming from a place of gratitude, as opposed to meeting that negative person with anger, you can meet them with empathy. It's interesting. You know, we, we strive so hard and we hear in movies and TV shows and podcasts, we hear people talk about the pursuit of inner peace. And I feel like this goes a long way towards that struggle that, that you can use these techniques. You can, you can work this muscle to try to achieve some semblance of inner peace in your life. And then it's really something that we have control of. I think that's a really a positive good news message from today. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said at the beginning, I truly believe gratitude is one of the foundational things right up there with self love and right up there with being present. I think for me, I know those are my, they're, they're huge foundational pillars. Well, that's a wrap here on today's episode of power yourself. And We really hope you enjoyed today's episode on gratitude. We encourage you to join us on social media. We have a Facebook page. We hope you can like us and follow us and ask a question and even get involved. On behalf of myself, Carl, and Jillian, we hope you can uh, tune in for the next episode on Power Yourself.